What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Now it's working. Oh, technology, you gotta love it. Here we go. All right, it's, it's all so, working. It's so small. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to pick up on that. Oh, really? Hey, guys, welcome to, uh, I don't know what the fuck this is, Indianapolis. Sure. Where we're at. How's everybody doing? <laughs> I like that. Some of you might have been worrying if you weren't going to be able to hear us in the back, but we're the bros of Ohio, so they can hear us over at the uh, Dave Chappelle concert next door. <laughs> We don't really have to worry about. They smuggled in a roller coaster. Did you hear him screaming yeah, in there? I earlier? heard a lady <laughs> literally getting something huge shoved in her ass. Is what it sounded like. And That's definitely not me. Yeah, but we're gonna be all right. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank we're you. We're live on the Brohio uh, main page for Facebook right now. We've got 13 hearts. That's hey. as high as it's getting. Uh, like I said, thank you for all the other podcasters that are here. It's a uh, huge uh show of respect for you guys to be here and i hope to some someday follow uh follow my friends to one of your live shows so thank you so much for the other podcasters that are here and let's give it up for the two podcasts that did the show before us let's give it up for the always sexy justin rimmel all right <laughs> and jerry and tracy from hillbilly horror stories thank you guys Jerry and Tracy have done such a wonderful job of taking us two retards under their wing for the you know this couple of years, but here we are. We're doing big things together, and we couldn't be happier to be along with these guys on this journey. They're only moderately disappointed, but it's it's okay. <laughs> yeah, all week long, Rob and I went back and forth about what topic Woo. we were going to cover. Rob's like, "We should just not even fucking go." I'm like, "We gotta go, dude." <laughs> so then I talked to my wife about some topics. I talked to Rob about some topics. Eventually, we got nowhere, and... Uh, nope. <laughs> What's that? Was that? You need you? to turn that off. Yeah. <laughs> You're freaking me out, dude. <laughs> I'm hearing Nick's voice and the Nick beside me also. Yeah. But normally what we do is we cover a topic native to the area. Uh, in Louisville, we did the poop lick monster. Yep. Poop, poop dick. Since uh, Dayton, we did uh, Wright Pat Air Force Base. We did some stuff. We always do something local. So I was like, we got to do something from Indiana, man. He's like, yeah, fuck you. Keep it going. (laughs) Nothing has happened in this fucking state ever. Ever. Mike Tyson raped a beauty pageant queen (laughs) back in the 80s. Don't say, I, that, don't say that out loud. He'll find us. I said, that story, that story is thick, and I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm terrified of that man. Yeah. He's, yes. Oh, so I said, fuck that. Not going that route. No, thank you. And then my wife's like, why don't you just do Lorena and John Bobbitt? I said, there we go. The Bobbitts. Because everyone knows, you think you know about that story, but we're going to tell you, the, we're going to take you inside the nooks and crannies of Lorena and John Bobbitt. I mean, you got a whole story that revolves around a dick, so, I mean, who's, who better to tell it than us? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But the guy's impressive. If you can get 10 pages of research about a guy's wiener, <laughs> that's pretty good. Amen, brother. And also, like I say, a big thank you to our beautiful wives that follow us all over God's green earth. Thank you, ladies, for the thank support. You. <clears throat> you can wave. You can wave at everybody. You got to wave. Thank you so much, ladies. They put up with a lot of a lot of shit. They do. They really um, do. We always like to start the episode with a weird news article. This is no different. Uh, June 14th, that's just a few days ago, a motorist named Kevin Bacon, yes, Kevin Bacon. No relation. Was on his phone using an internet search engine to search for a specific episode of the 90s sitcom Saved by the Bell. We've all been there. When he sideswiped a Vermont police car <laughs> that had stopped to aid the driver of a disabled vehicle. According to the Vermont State Police, the 55-year-old Bacon, Kevin Bacon. 55-year-old Bacon. The 55 I want that. He was driving a 2016 Chevy Spark. When he, <laughs> Chevy Spark? Yeah. Those, what the fuck is that? They were on cat piss and Gatorade. Okay. <laughs> when he struck a Thetford Police Department cruiser around 3.45 p.m. yesterday on Interstate 91, the driver of the squad car was aiding a motorist in the breakdown lane who had called police for assistance due to the dangers of passing traffic. After striking the police car, Bacon continued driving for a short distance and then stopped his vehicle before fleeing the scene of the crash. Bacon was apprehended about a mile from the crash scene. A subsequent state police investigation found that Bacon was looking down at his phone at the time of the crash as well as several minutes beforehand and never saw the disabled vehicle or the marked police cruiser. The patrolman and the stranded motorists were not injured when the cop car was sideswiped from the rear by Bacon's vehicle. Have you ever been sideswiped in the rear by bacon before? <laughs> Too many times. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Don't, please don't bring that Investigators up Investigators determined that Bacon was using his phone to surf the internet for a specific episode of the 90s television sitcom Saved by the Bell. The episode in question? He was Googling. <laughs> this is the, the best. He was looking up the recipe for Screech's spaghetti sauce. <laughs> you know, like we're on the, they're on the, doing it on the conveyor and the spaghetti sauce just... <laughs> Keeps on flying off the end. Yeah. So he was looking for Screech's Spaghetti Sauce, which aired during the NBC's program's fifth season. Um, he got he got in a lot of trouble. He got arrested for, like, aggravated negligence and a bunch of other shit. So, Man, Kevin Bacon, our heart is with you. I would have crashed my car if I was looking at Kelly Kapowski, too, so it's okay. I completely understand. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's what I figured what episode it was. Yeah, the episode was going to be. That was a spaghetti was, sauce episode, man. That was the one? Yeah. Of course it was. That had, that's like the most legendary episode there is. I know. They're all good. That's an awesome show. Jesse ODing like... on energy pills or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Uh, in this episode, we deal with some domestic violence issues. So if you there's never any excuse for abuse and help is available, the National Domestic Violence Hotline can be reached 24 hours a day at 1-800-799-SAFE. So if you know of anyone dealing with something like that, or if you're dealing with it, don't be afraid to reach out for help. And that's our one time being wholesome for this whole episode. Yeah, 1-800-799-SAFE. <clears throat> now on to Lorena and John Bobbitt. Lorena started off as Lorena Gallo. And if I do remember in Spanish class, I, listened, I listened for three days. <laughs> uh, and I remember Gallo Grande was how you say big cock in Spanish. <laughs> so her last name... 
I don't know if it's spelled. Conveniently, I never heard that phrase. <laughs> yeah. And she's from Ecuador. I don't even know if they speak fucking Spanish in Ecuador or not. I don't know. I'm sure it's something close. But she was born in Ecuador in 1969, and she was raised in Venezuela. Uh, growing up, she was obsessed with the American television, movies, American movies, just the overall American lifestyle. Finally, in 1987, her dreams started to fall into place. So she's watching The Brady Bunch. She's watching Jersey Shore, all the shit that came on back in 1969, the wholesome American programming that makes, makes someone want to say, I want to move to America, and that's, that's what she did. In 1987, she received a student visa and enrolled at the Northern Virginia Community College. She quickly got a job at a nail salon owned by Jana Basuti. Next, uh, we're going to tell you a little bit about the early stages of John Bobbitt's life, and, John, and uh, well, Rob Diggity Dangle Dog's going to do that for you. Yeah, his, we got a little bit more on him here. So let's go into John, John Diggity Dangle Dog. So John had a very unfortunate childhood growing up in Niagara Falls. It's very unfortunate, poor guy. Yeah, well, nothing there. Fucking watery <laughs> hole in the ground. Exactly. So at just the age of three, his mother gave him away to his aunt and uncle. She didn't want to fucking deal with them, along with his siblings. <laughs> she, she didn't want to deal with any of them. She already knew what was going to happen to him. So the aunt and uncle already had four boys of their own, so they were a power couple. Yeah, four boys? No thanks, bro. Shh, I got three, and I want to give two of them back. <laughs> so... His mother, of course, was prone to mental breakdowns. Aren't we all? <laughs> yes, we are. His father was briefly in the picture, but John recalls his father being physically abusive. There you go, Dad. Good job. Towards his mother and doesn't recall much else about him. So now after his father left, the family moved into what John called the ghetto. I think that's where we're at right now, Rob Dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I walked in like, hey, you motherfuckers got any change? I'm like, we got to go inside. They've never seen a minivan before. Let's get inside. Yeah. I walked in and I almost went to the first room. I was like, yeah, this definitely isn't the podcaster. So he... What's up, my people? <laughs> Although they are having a lot of fun. So anywho, so he recalls his mother being... Oh, God. I'm going from laughing to going to this. So he recalls his mother being raped several times... Sorry, sorry, I didn't, I didn't write this. So I, I did. <laughs> it was, it wasn't me. Sorry, I'm not going to repeat that. So in their house, constantly being vandalized due to them being the only white family in the neighborhood. That's racist. Eventually, their house was burned down by vandals. That's also racist. <laughs> John alleges that after moving in with his aunt and uncle, another uncle would frequent the home and always sexually abused John in his cousins at least there was consistency there in the house oh, jesus man um let's see here there is research that suggests a link between witnessing and enduring abuse as a child and becoming an abuser in adulthood uh, children who grow up witnessing domestic violence are 74 percent more likely to commit a violent crime against someone else and are three times more likely to experience domestic violence as an adult either by abusing their partner or becoming the victim of abuse themselves. And this is according to the Childhood Domestic Violence Association. So in particular, a boy who witnesses his mother being abused is 10 times more likely to abuse a female partner as an adult. And this yeah. is according to the Office of Women's Health. They, don't, they don't know. Wet my whistle here, hang on. Women don't know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't condone that statement, but it's okay. 
my wife knows a lot more than I do about pretty much everything. She tells me all the time. <laughs> so here's how they met. Lorena Guile met John Bobbitt at a Marine Corps officer's ball in 1988. That's pretty wholesome. Talking to ABC News 2020 in 2018, he recalled seeing her across the room. And this is in quotes. And she looks shy and innocent. And I went over there and asked her to dance. She can barely speak English, so I'm like, why the fuck not? No, she, he didn't realize that. He says, I go, here's my number. That's funny. He's that's, like, that's a wholesome conversation. I want her. And he walks over, he's like, hey, girl, what's up? And she's like, <laughs> and he's just like, yeah. Take my number. Let me get my. Let me get your phone number. We should talk. So this is Lorena. She said, in quotes, "I thought John." <clears throat> no, she sounds. I, I saw the interview. She sounds like the uh, house cleaning lady and Family Guy. Is what she sounds like. Oh no, no, I senor, thought, no, no. I, I thought John was very handsome. <laughs> there you go. Blue eyes, a man in uniform. You know, he was almost like a symbol, a marine fighting for the country. I believe in this very beautiful country. I was swept off my feet. I wanted my American dream. Was that was that was that close? That was fucking horrible, man. Okay, thank you. Thank you. That was perfect. <laughs> okay. And here Oh man. And here she says it herself, the American dream. She was obsessed with the vision of a perfect life in America. An expensive car, lavish homes. The works. She wanted it all. She wanted it all. I, I don't want it all. And who is she to sell herself, herself short? Yeah. Skip Diet Dr. Pepper. Exactly. <laughs> so it all. John said that's all that she ever talked about. How the things that, or how the things that they had when they were married was never enough. That's sad. Yeah, she just wanted Poor John. She, she just wanted the stars and the moon and old dickless John just couldn't give it to her. <laughs> well, he, he, had, he had a dick here. He so had a dick right he, there. He started with a dick. On June 18th of 1989, they finally decided, said, you know what the fuck? You don't speak my language. We pretty much hate each other. Let's just get married. So on June 18th, 1989, they finally got married. She was 20 and he was 22. Essentially, everything just went to complete shit right off of Jump Street. Uh, but that tends to happen when you guys don't even speak the same language. My wife and I, for instance, we speak the same love language. Is that correct? I think I read that in a book someplace. The love language? Are you familiar with that? No. That's where... Um, give, give me a line from that book. When guys speak the same love language, it's when they fart into each other's butts at the same time. <laughs> That's the same love language. Okay. It's a lot different for men and women. Involves a lot of tongue kissing. <laughs> you ever tongue kiss a girl before, Rob Dog? <laughs> Not once. Fucking sweet, dude. <laughs> Try it sometime. Now, uh, Lorena, she blamed John's domestic violence and his violent tendencies, and he had a really fucked up ch uh, childhood growing up, so it's no wonder, Rob read the statistics, it's no wonder he kind of was the way he was. He was, very, he was physically abusive. She said that he consistently would beat her. He was sexually abusive he forced her to engage in anal intercourse and to later undergo an abortion she claimed um if you're a man you just crashed the fucking mood in this party here and you don't fight for the butt at least once <laughs> you're not doing it right okay um he was also very emotionally abusive as anytime she got out of line he would threaten to have her deported <laughs> i'll call ice right now 
I'm in the Marine Corps, goddammit. You keep your shit up and I'll drive your ass back to Ecuador. <laughs> John, who denies all such allegations, blamed Lorena's greed. Lorena, quote, Lorena was a good wife a lot of the time, but she was obsessed with having her American dream, her American dream, her American dream. She said it all the time. Uh, Jana Basuti, who owned the nail salon that Lorena worked in, she had a big house, a cabin cruiser. I have no fucking clue what a cabin cruiser is. Right, what is, is. that? Is it's, it like an RV? I think it's like a log cabin on skateboards. Okay. Um, she had a Mercedes. Lorena wanted all of these things. She just wanted too much too fast. And in 1991, John was discharged from the Marines and found himself without steady employment. Lorena became the main breadwinner working at a nail Get salon. it, girl. Get it, girl. Yeah. Go ahead and get that, girl. <laughs> John says she wasn't satisfied with living within their means, so they moved to a bigger apartment and had two new cars. Their fights escalated. She once called 911, so did he, but both of them called police on each other, <laughs> resulting one time in John being arrested and charged with assault and battery. He, in turn, filed a report accusing Lorena of assault and battery. Neither case went forward. Her attorney, Lorena's attorney, said that they only one month into their marriage, that's when he started punching and choking her. So just front, right from the get-go, back and forth, back and forth, all this, you know, he beat me, she beat me, the, a lot of this back and forth stuff. It just wasn't a marriage set on a very solid foundation. John said she was very jealous. If John even looked at another woman, Lorena would just punch him in the face. <laughs> Where they're at, just fucking looking for a five-knuckle shuffle anytime. No shame. Yeah. No shame. At one point in the marriage, she filed a temporary protection order against John at the police department, and the officer said, you know, man, this is going to take a couple hours. She sat down for about five minutes, and she said, no, no, fuck these, and then she left. So the, the TPO was not filed. That leads us into the next problems in the marriage, the money problems. More money, more problems. More money, more problems. All right, so Lorena was caught embezzling $7,200 from Basuti, which she stole the money out of desperation. She claimed that because she was supporting both her and John. When so, you hear stories of people embezzling shit, you're like, this man embezzled $5 million. She only got him for $7,200. That's not that big of a deal. Just let that go. Let it slide. Nail salon? Yeah. You drive a Mercedes. Let $7,200 slide. It's a cabin okay. cruiser, man. <laughs> You got Lincoln Logs on skateboards. Seven two hundred. You're flying that shit into space. A cabin cruiser. That's what it yeah, sounds like. Exactly. You can fly that bitch into space. So the couple's house went into foreclosure. They broke up, and then a year later they reconciled. But of course, you know that shit still wouldn't work. And this is in quotes. I don't wait. Who's who's this quoted from? I think this is a quote of John. Okay, there you go. It was what my mom said. If she couldn't have me, no one could. And there was the green card, too. <laughs> that didn't come to my mind at the time, but it's obvious. You have to be married to an American citizen for five years to get one. And we'd only been married for four. He's got, she's got to stick it out for a whole other fucking year. Yeah, well, we've been married for eight years, and she's from Phoenix, so I've, I've passed the threshold. We're good. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> she's stuck with you. Yeah. I'll say it that way. So she only had to do community service on one instance due to her being arrested for stealing dresses from a Nordstrom. Guilty. <laughs> you ever seen their dresses, though? I'll, I'll, I'll take credit for her. She's, you know, that, that's worth stealing. Self uh, when I go to the mall, I just like to dress up in dresses and then go to the, like, go to the changing room and put a dress on and just like... 
fart in it really hard and just take it back and hang it up and be like, something's wrong with this one. It's kind of my thing. I think this one's broken. <laughs> this one doesn't smell like floral print. So from here we go. Wait, what's self-care 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 question mark my wife helped out with these notes and she wrote self-care self-care i don't know about this one (laughs) anywho we'll go to self-care it was said during the proceedings that john and lorena bobbitt had consensual sex 72 hours before the alleged rape why do I get the dark stuff, man? This isn't fun. No, I set it up like this. Okay. <laughs> you All set right. me up for failure. Yes. I get, I'm the only one to talk about rape. Great. So, anywho, Lorena, this is <laughs> this is another quote, so hang on. <clears throat> and it's it's written just like she just like she talks, too. This is the best part. All right, read it. He always has <laughs> No, you're he, doing good. Keep going, buddy. I'm 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 good. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <clears throat> He always have orgasm, and he doesn't wait for me to have orgasm. <laughs> wait a second, that's a crime? <laughs> Guilty! Yeah. She's always like, hold on, hold on. I'm like, no, hold it on. Oh, done. <laughs> Sorry. I feel so bad, too, man, you know? I'm just like, don't, you know, wear a sweater. <laughs> yeah. Wear a sweater. Amen, brother. So, Lorena told a police lieutenant hours after the accident in a statement that prosecutors would point to as evidence that she was thinking lucidly. Is that the right word? I don't fucking Lucidly? Lucidly, there you go. You're the one that can read. I'm a stupid one. I can barely read. I've had too much much to drink. (laughs) In the moment. He's selfish. That's obvious. I don't think it's fair. So I'd pull back the sheets. Then I did it. You know, I really found so, that it helps if you put your uh, spouse in one of those horse masks like everyone's wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get them to wear one of those, you can last a lot longer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. As long as you're try, not into horses. Try telling Mr. Hands that. So, Jerry, that wouldn't work for you, buddy. You'd be shit out of luck. So, let's flash forward to the... You know, <laughs> the night she cut it off. The night they got it on. On the night of June 22nd, 1993, John went out drinking with his friend Robert Johnston. <laughs> what a proper name. Yeah. Who was in town from Buffalo, New York. Both men returned to the apartment in the early morning hours of June 23rd. Johnston slept in the living room while John Bobbitt went to the bedroom where Lorena was. John says he got into the bed to go to sleep, and Lorena made sexual advances. Come here, big boy. Yeah, he says they fooled around, but he was too out of it, and there was no sex. So she's fucking grabbing on the dick and stuff, is what he says. (laughs) She ain't delivering. Is what he says. Now, uh, she says she came into their bedroom, that he came into the bedroom. He jumped on top of her forcibly ripped off her underwear and raped her. And as a man that buys uh, the underwear for my family, I'm not ripping underwear off anybody because you gotta... You know how expensive that shit is? You gotta pay for them motherfuckers. You know. He said there was some... John said there was some very heavy petting going on. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Heavy petting? (laughs) I don't know. But he just wasn't gonna work. The old whiskey dick syndrome. Yeah. Never had it. (laughs) 
When Lorena reached for John's penis that night, <laughs> this is, can you guys be quiet for a second? This is serious. This, this is getting serious. When Lorena reached for John's penis that night, he initially believed she was attempting to administer a hand job, or hey. as Rob and I like to call it, a hand ski. Okay. If, for the people that don't know what that is, what is that? A hand job is where you uh, manually move your penis back and forth until it spits. <laughs> okay, thank you. Just, just for the people that didn't know Quote what that Quote John, he said, I thought she was trying to get me hard again. Again? That's what... Uh, Ooh, yes. She's a trooper. She is a trooper. Good for her. I want it all. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, that's my all first right. fucking time doing this shit. <laughs> now, according to Lorena, John raped her before falling asleep himself. She went to the kitchen for a glass of water, and she saw a knife. Quote, I, I, don't, I can't do her voice. Can you please go ahead and... <clears throat> I didn't want to teach him a lesson. She said she didn't want to teach him a lesson. She said, no, it was survival, life and death. I was fearing for my life. According to John, the sex was completely consensual that night. He said, I was leaving her for good. And that's why she was so upset, because he finally said, I want a fucking divorce. I'm done dealing with this shit. But according to her, she was raped. Um, on June 23rd, 1993, that next morning, between 3.30 a.m. and 4.30 a.m., Lorena Bobbitt, 24 years old, cut off the penis of her sleeping husband, John Wayne Bobbitt, 26, in Manassas, Manassas, Virginia, a small town 30 miles west of Washington, D.C. This begs the question, <laughs> what do you do after you cut a dick off? You put it in milk. <laughs> and I'm trying to think about... He uh, needs some milk. Yeah. And I looked at the pictures of the knife, man. It looked like the fucking Rufio sword. This wasn't something was with it, a serrated edge. Well, I was, was going to ask if it was a serrated. No, it wasn't. It, <laughs> it was, looked like it was the a katana. sword of Excalibur. Okay, there you so go. So she yeah. just, like a high fucking Benihana, <laughs> right through it in one quick swipe. One swift and motion. got it off. And here he is laying there half drunk thinking he's about to get a fucking hand job. Cut it off, not got it off. No. no nothing got Spec off. Specify there. Yeah. But before she left, so she's cut the dick off. He's screaming bloody murder. She's got some shit to do. She swung by the living room where John's friend Robert was staying that evening, and he's sound asleep. She opens up Robert's wallet and takes $100 from, from his wallet, and she also took his fucking Game Boy that was laying there. Okay, first off, the $100 is one thing. But you're going to take a motherfucker's Game Boy? Yeah, so she leaves the apartment. She's got John's dick... A he's Game Boy and a hundred dollars. He's balls balls deep in Tetris. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, he just finally beat that fucking level. Come back. <laughs> During the defense, they never really said why she swiped the Game Boy. <laughs> why not? <laughs> I mean, you got a dick in one hand. Is it taking a Game Boy going to make it much more weirder? Oh man, they just jumped it. They lumped it into the insanity defense. Meanwhile, John Bobbitt said he told his friend Robert Johnston. To take him to the hospital. <laughs> Johnston started screaming as soon as he saw all the blood everywhere. <laughs> hey, is that dick blood? <laughs> yeah, man, it is. Did you finally have your period, you little bitch? <laughs> <laughs> he was going crazy, and he got he took him to Prince William Hospital in about 10 minutes. So she leaves the house with the cash, the Game Boy, the knife, and the dick. <laughs> yes, like a human fucking dick. 
Here's my thing. At this point, there has to be a conversation. You have to stop her before she's leaving the hospital and you have wherever she was going. You have to stand up as a man. You can say, "Listen. You can leave, all right? But please leave my dick." <laughs> you got to tell her like, "Me and that dick We've been through. We've been in some shit together, like figuratively and literally. Me and that dick. Oh. We've been in some shit. And then she looks at you just like stoically and says, "No, no, I'm taking dick." <laughs> so then she's already made the decision that she's taking the dick. So then you got to beat the dick up a little bit. You got to make her think she doesn't want the dick. You're like, "No, no, no. You don't want that dick. You got to make it look bad. You know, like she doesn't want it. Like, That's it's got real, some miles on it. Yeah, it's a really small dick. <laughs> Sometimes that dick stinks." You're going to have to take it to the bathroom six or seven times a day, that dick, unless you give it some beer. Then you might as well pack a sack lunch because you're going to be in the fucking bathroom all day milking that thing. you got to make the dick sound like, you know, you don't want the Less dick. desirable. Less yeah. desirable. <laughs> exactly. So from this point, dick in hand, she hops in her 1991 Mercury Capri, and she hits the open fucking road. So I imagine she's got the dick in her hand. She's like... <laughs> <laughs> Shifting with the dick. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I, that's like in my head, that's how it's going down. But it was a Ferrari. It was not a 91 Mercury Capri. It was a just Ferrari making, with a dick. Just shifter. making fart noises in between the in between each shift. So she arrives at the intersection of Maplewood Drive and Old Centerville Road and launches the dick into a grassy field right across the street from the 7-Eleven. Imagine getting a Slurpee and you just see a dick sticking up in the tumbleweeds. The dicks are like... (laughs) Just just hanging out. Can I get some help? Can I get a hand? (laughs) If I was a dick, that's what I would say. Can I get a hand? Can I just get a hand? So... What does she say when police ask her why she tosses the dick out? Why'd you throw the dick out the Why'd window, you? ma'am? <laughs> Why'd you get rid of the dick, ma'am? I remember I couldn't make a turn because my hands had something on them. <laughs> and so I tried to turn, but then I saw I have it in my hand. <laughs> this Lorena recalls in 1993. I look up at it and I scream and I throw it out the window and I drive it as fast as I could. <laughs> I tried to drive the car, obviously, but I had this thing in my hand, so I couldn't drive, so I got rid of it. It's, it's a perfect explanation. I think the best part about the interrogations is she never calls it a dick. She never like, she, no, no, it. no, 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 I not know I have dick. She didn't know. She knows she had a wiener in her hand. So from here, she drives further to the nail salon that she worked at, and that's where she crashed for the night. I am not a vindictive person because I told them where I where it was. I know where you can find the dick. <laughs> and by them, of course, she meant the police, who sometimes after 4.30 a.m. went digging through the overgrown roadside grass for the missing wiener. You know when you cut a snake in half and it keeps slithering? <laughs> like, you know, a dick can think for itself. Like, you remember when you're a teenager and, like, you just get boners all the time? And they would tell you, like, just the put, glory days. Yeah. They were like, put a trapper keeper in front of it. That's what they told me during the talk in the fifth grade. So then I remember when I was like 15 or 16, I'm sleeping on the couch at my mom and dad's house, and I'm just sound asleep. And uh, I start having a dream that I got a raging boner. So I'm like, I got to cover this thing up. And, the, and I'm dreaming. So I cover it up with the trapper keeper. And then all the people in the class are still laughing at me, like, mm, your dick's hard. I'm like, no, you can't see it. 
I got a trapper keeper. You know how these dreams go, right? Mm-hmm. So in the dream, I just like, I'm like, I can't take it anymore. And then I run outside my school and I just like, I look up in the air. I'm like, why am I so fucking stupid? <laughs> but it's really dramatic like a movie. And it's just like fucking pouring rain on me in the movie. And then in the corner of my eye, like, I hear like, Nick, Nick. In the dream, like, why is my mom here at school? I have a fucking. I got a boner, and my mom's in the room. What's going on? Fucking like, open my eyes, and I'm sitting on the couch. I got a my wiener is in my waistband. I'm peeing on myself, and she's trying not. She's like, Nick, trying not to look at me. She changed my diapers, so it wasn't really a big deal, you know. You're just like your fucking dad. She's like, trying like, oh, hey, Nick. Nick, I'm like, why is my mom here in my school? Stop yelling at her. You're going to scare it. Get covered with a trapper keeper. Why is it raining? It's like Shawshank Redemption where he's outside and like finally gets out. And it's just pouring rain. He just, there was no boner in uh, Shawshank. There might oh, have been. I thought you were talking about with you. I was like, is your mom just yelling at you about a boner for no reason? No. She's okay. like, I don't care. You're pissed on the couch, but fucking lose the boner, weirdo. <laughs> Now, doctors at the hospital thought he'd slit his wrists. Of course, At John that point, knew... you might as well want to. Yeah, exactly. Of course, John knew there was no cut there, his plastic <laughs> surgeon, David Berman, told ABC News. And he, the doctor, goes where... Where's all the... The doctor said, where's all the blood coming from? And John just points down below. When the sheet covering him fell away, John said the emergency room doctors, their fucking jaws dropped. The police <laughs> yeah. found the missing dick in the field. <laughs> They went across the street to the 7-Eleven where they got some ice in a big bite hot dog box. Just stick it in a bun. It'll be okay. They found just attached to her like a raccoon's back. Yeah. If they found my dick, they'd be like, what do you want to put it in? They're like, one of those little ketchup cups you get at Wendy's. Like, Wait a I don't need a hot dog box. So that's over. That's overkill. So you know my natural instincts here. I see they're like they put ice and it's in a big bite hot dog box. I'm like, man, that's a pretty good fucking dick. Yeah, big bite. I I mean, look, you can find the pictures from the trial. There's a picture of the dick. It's about as big as the end of my thumb. So they really did him a. They did him. He's a grower, not a shower. Amen, brother. They did a good service by you know putting it in a big hot dog box like that they brought it to prince william hospital where surgeons had taken john a short time before it was reattached by dr james sane a urologist and dr david berman a plastic surgeon surgeon in a near miraculous nine and a half hour operation jeez the biggest this is a quote from the doctor the biggest concern i had is simply that it had to work (laughs) there was no second chance Berman said, I've never seen a penile replantation. Oh, gosh. <laughs> They're extremely rare. That's what he said. But I had done a lot of microsurgeries. That's what kind of fucking surgery they'd have to do on you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. No microsurgery. <laughs> we need smaller tools. So I put out a lot of fingers. I, this Wait, is what the doctor said. Not me, dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I put on a lot of fingers. And it was just this particular application was different. So take us to the trial, Rob. Can, but can you imagine just getting <laughs> getting your getting your wiener reattached, dude? And it's in its soft state, and it stays that way forever. What do you like? Never getting a boner again? Never ever. It just, it just sitting there like that. He didn't have this problem I mean, <laughs> though. 
He had the big box, so it's yeah, okay. Yeah, it's the okay. big box. It's fine. So let's yeah, go to the trial. Box. So legally, the case was a draw. So by acquitting both John and Lorena, the judicial system was basically throwing up its hands and admitting they didn't know who the fuck to blame. Oh, good. Which, yeah, I mean, you, you'd think that. Maybe go in favor for the guy who doesn't have a dick anymore. So <laughs> oh, man. support for Lorena poured in from all over the world. She was kind of viewed as a hero for standing up to everyone that she faced. She was a survivor. She was, man. She stood up against domestic violence. Yes, she did. Now, meanwhile, John Bobbitt was arrested and charged with marital sexual assault based on Lorena's claims that he had raped her. And he pleaded not guilty. You think about that arrest? The cops show up and they're like, you're here tell me good news, officer. They're like, we know you just had your dick cut off. <laughs> We're here to arrest you. It's like just a... Two kicks to the dick. No pun intended there. there for yeah. that. Kick so, to the flat spot at that kick point. To, kick to the kin dick. <laughs> so he was acquitted in November of 1993, though. Lorena's team argued that she was a battered woman who snapped. Which, I, I think it's, that's a good a good defense. It sounds like just a really bad relationship. And she was just Absolutely. tired of I thought, you know, You could have got out a lot sooner before you got your wiener cut off. Yeah. You could have saved yourself a lot of pain. Could have saved yourself a wiener, for sure. Exactly. So witnesses testify that they'd seen John physically abuse her before and often leaving bruises. And the prosecution argued that she was deeply hurt by John's desire for a divorce. So she did all of this out of spite. So from here we go to the verdict. And on November 11th, 1993, a jury of nine women and three men found John not guilty of marital sexual assault. Now, two months later, on January 21st, 1994, a jury of seven women and five men found Lorena not guilty of maliciously wounding due to temporary insanity. Oh, good. Both, offensive, both offenses carried a maximum sentence of 20 years. All she went for was a 45-day psychiatric evaluation and doctors decided that Lorena, she wasn't a threat and she could go back into the community. She was released from the psychiatric hospital, although she said she had no job and no money. She said she could have gone back to Venezuela, but she wanted her parents to come here instead. That summer, she became a citizen. Her father, her mother, her brother, and her sister were on, all on hand to witness the proud moment. They, uh, they stayed in hopes of being granted citizenship themselves. Lorena supports them. As an, at the time, as an administrative assistant and a manicurist, uh, she did re-enroll in college, and she eventually met her partner of 20 years. Imagine how that guy was going to that relationship. <laughs> He's like, hey, uh, are you the Lorena Bobbitt from the news? Lorena Gallo. <laughs> Gallo. Yeah. Uh, his name was David Bellinger. I didn't... She That's said almost I, David Bellend, so... <laughs> which, yeah. Bellend. Yeah. yeah. Yep, okay. I get it. All right. I'm, I'm not even going to explain that. <clears throat> she said, I didn't just fall in love with David like I did with John. It was a friendship that grew into love. That's how it should be organically and natural. That's how love works. But in 1997, she was arrested for allegedly assaulting her mother. <laughs> a neighbor testified that Lorena jumped on Elvia, which is her mother, while she was watching TV and beat Elvia's head with her fists. <laughs> but in court, Elvia claimed through a translator that her facial injuries were caused by a pimple, a big one. Quote, said the judge, if 
you asked me if I think Lorena is guilty, I'd say yes. I have reasonable doubt, so I'll find her not guilty. In 2005, she gave birth to her daughter, Olivia. In 2007, she started a foundation dedicated to the prevention of domestic violence. John, too, reached an end point in March 1994. Uh, he was acquitted, and he was miraculously healed. His dick well. grew back? <laughs> it did, they reattached it. Okay. Um, he was told there... Kind, kind of a happy ending, I guess. Yeah, he does all kinds of signings and conventions kind of slowed down you know <laughs> come see me and look at my dick <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll get to that in a second okay good he got into a, like a car accident he was told there's enough money in the bank account well actually from the signings and stuff and whatnot there was enough money in his bank account to buy a one-way ticket to anywhere in america <clears throat> um and the one place that he picked to go instead of like you know somewhere off the grid to kind of escape the public eye he went to Las Vegas instead. Amen, brother. Yeah. So that uh, that sets him up with our next part here. Yeah. Let me get my spot here. I went a little bit too far. A chance encounter with adult film actor-director Ron Jeremy at the Playboy Mansion <laughs> leads to John Wayne Bobbitt uncut. <laughs> <laughs> my dad could be in that movie, too. <laughs> That's like a that's like a dad joke. And this is a wait a second. Your dad used to make circumcision jokes at you. I'm not gonna answer that. Show him the hot dog, boy. <laughs> Show him that pig in the blanket. And this was this was of course a porno. And of course, it seemed like the best way to show how his penis worked. And that's coming from John's mouth. The Only penis, the and penis it, came from John's mouth. <laughs> not his penis, but the, oh, that, right. that quote. This is a quote from him. Only it wasn't all the way healed yet. I realize now that that was the point. <laughs> Uncut is released in the fall of 1994. John almost misses the premiere because he's convicted of misdemeanor domestic battery against his girlfriend, Christina Elliott, a dancer at the Olympic Garden topless cabaret. <laughs> Classy fucking girl. <laughs> and sure. sentenced to 60 days in jail. So he's allegedly, you know, accused of domestic violence again. Where there's smoke, there's fire. This guy fucking sucks. So they eventually, <laughs> this is the best the best bullet point on here. They eventually made the film Frankenpenis. <laughs> Howard when he gets the penis out, he just goes, <laughs> just lays He's there like, dead. Yeah, that's how you know it's gonna do real good tonight when it's fucking yelling like that. <laughs> Frankenpenis. <laughs> the legendary Howard Stern paid for John to receive a procedure to drastically change the size of his dong. Says Jeremy, this is in quotes, let's put it this way. With that type of procedure, length you can do, not thickness. John went for both. And they said Why the, not? the people that saw his dick afterwards said it looked like a Red Bull can with a dent in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they said. Like, I want that written on my tombstone. <laughs> Though uncut is, according to Jeremy, among the highest grossing adult films of all time. Fucking gross, all right. And <laughs> Frankenpenis does respectably wait what i don't know that's just what it says john of course squandered all of his money in 97 jeremy ron jeremy introduces him to dennis hoff 
the owner of the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. This is a Nevada, Nevada brothel. Everybody knows about the bunny Everybody ranch. knows about the Bunny Ranch. And he says, I hired John as a greeter. <laughs> I thought it might be an opportunity to get a little media for the ranch. John's first interview was with NBC. He was all, I feel so bad. I'll make it up to Lorena. I want to get back together. And then he offered to show his producers his dick. <laughs> Why not? He hired him as a greeter. <laughs> like, Hi there, welcome to Dick Mart. <laughs> Hi there, welcome to Dick Mart. Is that a return? Let me put a sticker on there for you. Hi there, welcome to Dick Mart. In the fall of 1994, John was sentenced to 60 days in jail for Mr. Me- uh, domestic battery from with his girlfriend, uh, Christina Elliott, like Rob said before. And in 1999, he pleaded guilty to attempted grand larceny for stealing $140,000 worth of clothes from a Nevada store. Jesus. You would think that jeans would be cheaper if you don't have a dick. Fuck. That's why they're so expensive. They're maybe, maybe that's why. And he was sentenced to five years probation at that point. Uh, he was later convicted of harassing an ex-girlfriend, adult film actress, Desiree Luz. Uh, that's a fucking sleazy name. In 2014, John's neck was broken in a oh, car God. accident in Buffalo, New York, New York, when another car ran a red light and slammed into, the, <laughs> slammed into him. In 2016, um, he went back to Dr. Berman, the plastic surgeon who helped reattach his penis, to get his dick unenhanced. So <laughs> unenhanced. Whatever you did, I want you yeah. to redo it. This goddamn dick is just too put, big. Just put, just put my dick back in my hand. I don't want this dick anymore. <laughs> I want a dick that hasn't been to the 7-Eleven. As of, as of 2018, these days, John is back in Las Vegas. He's of single. Course. And he lives off the disability settlement that he received from the car accident. If any of you women are desperate, yeah, <laughs> go to Vegas. And though he still makes the occasional paid appearance, the majority... This gets really fucking weird right here. <laughs> the majority of his time is devoted to searching for the treasure chest that eccentric millionaire Forrest Finn is rumored to have buried in the Rockies. So this guy just... <clears throat> and he said he hopes to be invited to the White House... If he unearths the treasure so he can express his support of Lord Donald Trump. <laughs> Lord. That doesn't fucking surprise me at all. <laughs> no surprise whatsoever. Stupid. I've, I've watched some interviews with him, and he's just dumber than a sack of rubber dicks. He's literally the <laughs> dumbest human that I've ever heard speak. Besides us, of course. <laughs> yeah, naturally. Oh, well. So that, this is the end of this story. That's the end of uh, John and Lorena Bobbitt. So we do have one more Small thing for you. Speak <laughs> no pun in, no pun intended. We did a we did a little name drawing, and what we're doing here is we have a paranormal story. It's just a little ghost story that I wrote. It's absolutely it's beautiful. It's absolutely terrible. But it's an ad lib. Yeah, mad ghost lib story. Mad lib. Everybody knows what mad lib is. It's like a mad lib mixed with. Um, Cards Against Humanity mixed with... Brohio. Brohio. So we have some cards here, and the person whose name was drawn has to read these cards during the blank spots. Every word. Yeah. So the name drawn was none other than Tracy Pauly. Tracy Pauly! Get up here, Tracy! The Brohio podcast needs your help. Yes, we do. Please save us. And I checked with her beforehand to make sure that she didn't mind saying a couple cuss words. And her exact words were, Fuck it. Fuck it. 
You can grab it if you want. <laughs> just come over just, here. Just, just grab just it. Take it off the stand, Tracy, and come stand between us. Oh, gosh. All that? Yep. Hey. And um, <laughs> I'm going to hand you the cards when I want you to read them, okay? Okay. All right. This is a really scary story, so try, try not to get <laughs> too very, scared. Very spoopy. It wasn't the way I thought I would become a homeowner. I thought I would save and save and save and one day buy the house of my dreams. Aunt Vivian had other plans. Yes, she did. Aunt Vivian was a... A stinky old gutter slut. (laughs) (laughs) But one of her dying wishes was for me to have her old house. The house sat empty for months while the estate was worked out. But when I walked into the decrepit old Victorian style home, I was overwhelmed by the smell of... (laughs) I was overwhelmed by the smell of... Homeless people butt-fucking on top of piles of wet dog food. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Tell us how you really feel. (laughs) Oh, man. That was a good one. If I could just get past the smell, it was a place I could make my own. There was undoubtedly the creepiest vibe I'd ever felt inside a home, and the thought of being there at night gave me a sort of sick feeling. To help ease my mind, I reached out to a friend in the Catholic Church, and he gave me some holy water and a... Oh, let me get that. He gave me some holy water and a... A shit pickle. (laughs) Ooh. To keep next to the bed. I prayed that this is all I would need. The Catholic Church is really slacking these days. Oh, my God. Give me one of those leftover shit pickles. (laughs) As nightfall came that first day, I contemplated getting a hotel room, but didn't feel like driving 45 minutes into town. I had a couple glasses of... All... Jerry's nipple sauce. (laughs) Who hasn't had that? It's so good. (laughs) To calm my nerves and let me sleep. It worked. After only a few minutes thinking about everything I needed to do the next day, I drifted to sleep. It wasn't long before my mind started to race while I was sleeping, and I was having a nightmare about fire, people chasing me, and a lady standing in my window. I shot awake like a lightning bolt with the image of a... Witch with her titty hanging out. Was the last thing I dreamt about. What a way to start my first night. Getting back to sleep would be impossible. It wasn't long before my mind started to play tricks on me. I heard footsteps from the attic and what sounded like... Midgets with the biggest nut sacks I ever did see. Laughing in the walls. (laughs) Speaking of midgets with big nut sacks, Jerry, are you recording this? (laughs) I knew this was all my mind playing tricks on me. Then the loudest crash I'd ever heard came from the hallway. I immediately rolled over and grabbed my... Barney Rebel thing butt plug. So I could see what the hell was going on. I silently crept into the hallway with a death grip on... My asshole? (laughs) A death grip on it? Go easy. You don't have to hold it like a bowling ball. (laughs) I screamed as loudly as possible. 
<laughs> Hold on a second. Nothing could prepare me for what I saw next. Standing in the doorway of the basement was a... Bald podcaster pinching his wiener like the tip of an old United balloon. Oh, United. <laughs> I mean, I'm tied. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do have a United balloon, right? Ooh. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Hold on. This wasn't a Nick joke. <laughs> In the door with a basement was a bald podcaster pinching his wiener like the tip of an untied balloon. Thank you. I screamed as loudly as possible, sending it running back down the steps. I grabbed my car keys and blasted through the front door. I got in my car and left that place in my rearview mirror for good. Thank you, Tracy. Oh, gosh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Give it up for Tracy yeah. Polly. I got it. Thank you. I was not... Jerry's like... Hey, but I don't know if you're going to be able to get her to say any of that shit. <laughs> and then during his set, he's talking about arresting people with a dick. I think that's what you said. Uh, what was it? Uh, condict. That's what it was. Condict? Condict. I used to work in prison. I know all about condicts. So. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much for everyone that came from far away, from various places. To Gina's Grill, thank you guys for being so hospitable. That's the greatest you, burger I've ever had. Tip very, very well. They've taken good care of all of us tonight. Yeah. Thank you. Tip them good, guys. Um, again, thank you so much. I'm the delicious Nickalicious. I am the Rob Diggity Dangle Dog. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you guys. guys so much. We love you. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for everything. Okay, uh, so after words well which is now um <laughs> all these amazing hosts are going to do pictures and autographs and whatever you want so um where, where are you guys going to be standing up